0: Hello and welcome to the first full-length episode of our podcast, The Sounding Board Talks. For those of you that are new to the podcast, we are a non organization on a mission to provide young people with the skills and support they need to get their businesses off the ground. We do this by providing open source information, tips, hints on our social media pages, and most importantly, our free business mentoring program. The program is open to 16 to 24 year olds across the UK and is delivered fully digitally. The program ranges from course content to develop a range of key skills, which is delivered via a smartphone app, one-to-one mentor time, practical goals like developing a business plan, and lots more. You can find out more about this on our website www.tsbc.org.uk forward slash about us. Remember, this is where your journey begins. So without further ado, let's dive in. This week, the Prime Minister announced that there would be a month-long lockdown in England with various stages of increased restrictions across the UK as a whole due to coronavirus. In these unprecedentedly uncertain times we're facing we want to give you some key tips on how you can safeguard your, your business and plan for the future. Whether you've already started your business or you're just about to start your journey it's important to take steps to limit the impact that COVID could have over the next few months. Firstly Cash is king. It's hugely important to conserve your cash flow. Your cash flow is your ability to bring in enough funds to meet your payment obligations. You can safeguard this by being conservative in your purchases. Don't splash out on big purchases if you don't need to. Don't purchase stock, you're not confident you can sell quickly. Consider renting or leasing if you need to buy equipment. Obviously, this depends on the borrowing rate you're able to access. What this does is enables you to retain as much cash in your business as you can, so whatever happens in the future, you know you have that reserve of funds to meet your payment obligations. These tips deal with your purchases, but without ensuring funds continue to flow into your business, these won't help. If you're a project or service-based business, consider requesting payment or deposit upfront If you work regularly with a customer, consider asking them to set up a direct debit or use payment collection tools such as GoCardless. This means you ensure you are getting paid on time. If you have a customer that owes you money and it's overdue, contact them and ask them to settle this with you if they can. But try to be understanding. We're all facing the same challenges, so offer payment plans where you can. And remember, if your customers grow out of business, then the light your head is, so do you. The other thing that we suggest, and we really do focus on this in our mentoring program, is understanding your numbers. And in certain times like we're facing now, it's even more important than ever to understand where your figures are, where your business is coming from, and understanding things like your cash flow, your profit and loss. And this helps you plan for any eventualities that might come up due to coronavirus. For example, how long you could remain in funds, meet your payment obligations, support your family, pay your wages if you lost, for example, 25% of your revenue or 50% of your revenue or 75% of your revenue if we were put into a complete lockdown for any period of time. To help you with this, we've created a free Know Your Numbers During Coronavirus pack. This contains a series of easy to fill out spreadsheet templates that you can use to help you repair as well as notes on how to use them. These spreadsheets will help you understand things like cash flow, your cash burn rate, your profit and loss, and the effect reduced revenue could have on your business. If you understand your numbers, you've looked into the scenarios, you're better prepared to face any challenges that you might encounter in the future. Following on from last week's Wednesday Wisdom, I want to talk to you a bit more about resilience. Resilience is a hugely important skill for any business owner, especially during a pandemic and uncertain challenging times like those we are facing right now. We all face challenges in business. We all have knockbacks and disappointments, but it's how you process and bounce back from these that count. In this section, we want to give you some tips on how you can do this. In our free mentoring program, we provide a lot of tools and tips to help you manage your mental health that includes resilience, confidence, stress management, anxiety, and everything that goes with starting your own business. But this is a brief outline about how you can stay resilient during the times that we're in. Firstly, remain solution focused. If something hasn't worked, you didn't sell as much as you thought you would this month or a client has decided to leave, try not to dwell on this. Instead, get to work figuring out why this happened and put in place changes to make sure it doesn't happen again. Try not to take things personally. All business owners have to make decisions and sometimes your product or what you're offering might not be the best fit for them. Shake yourself off and be confident in what you're offering. Thirdly, don't be afraid to pivot. Resilience is about getting up and keeping going, but don't be afraid to change what you're doing or go in a different direction in responses to a setback or a challenge. This is what we call pivoting. For example, if you have tried to sell a particular type of product exclusively and it isn't working despite picking yourself up and trying again, consider trying something new. Go in a little bit of a different direction and see if this resolves the problem you're facing. Figure out your why and remind yourself of it when you're struggling. I talk about your why a lot on social media and I put posts out about this before. Your why is the reason you started your business or you want to start your business. Everybody's why is going to be different and most of you probably already know what your why is. It could be anything from being passionate about your industry or product having the flexibility to spend time with your children, earning more money, having more flexibility in terms of holidays, in terms of taking time off, spending more time at Christmas and holidays. It could be anything and it's very much personal to you. But when things get tough, keep your mind in why. Your why can give you the boost that you need to keep going. Following on from that, Find someone you can talk to about things. It's maybe a little bit of a cliche, but a problem shared is a problem halved. Talking through a setback or an issue you're facing can really put things into perspective and challenge you to think more objectively about why it's happened and where to go from here. Take a little time and step back. Clear your head in whatever way works for you. For example, taking a walk or exercising and then coming back and revisiting your situation. The likelihood is it will feel much better and you'll be able to see things more objectively when you've done this. And I think the last point, there's a really important and key point. Don't beat yourself up when things go wrong. If you are facing a setback or a challenge, that's normal. Every business owner faces those challenges, not just when they start, but always. We always have challenges, things that don't go quite how we would like them to. And sometimes it can be difficult to pick yourself up and keep going. But these tools will give you a head start on getting your head around how to bounce back from these challenges. Over the course of these podcasts, we're going to answer some of the questions that we get asked all the time. We'll try to have one frequently asked question on every weekly podcast. This week, we're going to answer the question, what's the difference between a sole trader and a limited company? And what's the best for me? We get asked this question probably more than any other. And whilst it is very dependent on your business and what you do, there are some basic differences and advantages and disadvantages that we're going to give you right now. The first and probably the most fundamental and perhaps the most important difference is the legal separation of the business from its owner. In the case of a sole trader, you are the business. Its money is your money, its assets are your assets, and its taxes are your taxes. But this also means its debts are your debts, and the event of any lawsuit brought against the company. As a self-employed person, you are legally liable, and your personal assets are at risk. For example, your home, savings, or car. In the case of a limited company the company is an entirely separate legal entity to you you are simply the business owner shareholder and director the money in the bank belongs to the company the assets belong to the company and the taxes on the business activity are paid by the company the debts are the responsibility of the company unless you're acting as a guarantor for example in the event of a loan And in the event, any legal action is brought against the company, you are not personally held liable for this and your personal assets are secured and kept entirely separate from your company. So what are the advantages of the sole trader and when does it make sense to use this structure? There are some key advantages of the sole trader structure and principally it's simple. So it's very easy to set up online with a quick form and there's low setup fees. It doesn't cost anything to set this up online. The simple reporting obligations in terms of your accounting, your record keeping and your bookkeeping, you're required to track your income and expenses and report them on an annual self assessment tax return, which is relatively accessible and easy to compile. Additionally, Money is freely available to you without the need to run a payroll scheme or a dividend. So in the case of a sole trader, every penny that you earn is yours. You legally own that money and you can access that money, you can spend that money and you can use that money freely and you pay tax on the profit you make in totality. The disadvantages of a sole trader are largely what we discussed earlier. You have unlimited liability as a sole trader and are personally held accountable for any lawsuit or debts. Additionally, sole traders tend to be looked on a little less professionally than a limited company. So you may find that as a sole trader, you are less attractive to high-end clients than you would be as a limited company in some cases. In many cases, it's less tax-efficient than other structures to run as a sole trader and provides fewer tax and planning options. Again, this depends on what you do, it depends on how much money you're looking to earn, but as you tend to start to earn more, limited company structures can be more tax-efficient. Banks and lenders see sole traders as riskier to fund. This is because, again, you are not legally separate from your company. So you may find it more difficult to secure loans and credits, startup loans. It's not impossible as a sole trader, but you might find it is a little bit more challenging and you might need to jump through a few more hoops than you would as a limited company. So, leading on from that, The advantages of a limited company structure largely mirror the disadvantages of a sole trader. So by that, I mean, a limited company is a separate legal entity, which means it minimizes your liability as the business owner in the case of a lawsuit or debts. There's greater scope for tax planning and efficiencies, and there's a certain prestige you get from a limited company that you may not get from a sole trader. And as we discussed in the last point, you may find it's easier to secure funds, loans and credits as a limited company. Additionally, in some industries, it is insisted that you are a limited company. So you may be forced down one road or another. So it's really important to do your research before you enter into the business world to decide what the best structure is for you. The disadvantages you might find of a limited company are: it's more expensive and more complex to set up and register a limited company. Most limited companies are limited by shares, so you will need to set up your share capital online. Um, This can be a little bit tricky, and you may need to get professional and legal advice whilst doing that, depending on your company structure. Personal and corporate information is public record. So what I mean by that is, the moment you sign up as a director, for your limited company, your information details are held online on Companies House and they're held there indefinitely. This would also include your personal address if you don't have a business premises. So this may be a consideration for some people. The accounting and compliance requirements are far more complex in the case of a limited company than they are in a sole trader. So. As a limited company, you would need to file a set of statutory accounts with Company's House that must meet accounting standards, as well as a corporation tax return to HMRC. On top of this, you'll still need to file a self-assessment tax return, as you would if you were a sole trader, if you withdraw funds from your business as a director. This means that it's far more difficult to do this yourself, and the likelihood is you will need to secure the services of an accountant. In addition, and This is something we find that people tend to get wrong a lot, especially when they move from a sole trader structure to a limited company structure. There are strict procedures to follow when taking money out of your limited company. The money that is held in a limited company bank account is not your money as a business owner. It belongs to the business entity. It belongs to your limited company. So when you take money out of the company, it needs to be through proper channels. That normally is a payroll scheme or by processing dividend, and there are requirements and regulations surrounding how this is done properly. What I would say is, if you have already registered your company as a limited company, or you have decided to go down the sole trader route, you can switch from a sole trader to a limited company at any time, and the process is relatively straightforward. What's right for you largely depends on what you do but these are the key advantages and disadvantages and they serve as a good starting point. But you may want to consider these in detail for your business. For example, if you do something that carries a high amount of risk of things going wrong, um, for example, if you erect scaffolding and potentially if something went wrong, the scaffolding could collapse and someone could get injured. If you were a sole trader, that lawsuit that could materialize from that event you would be liable for personally your personal assets may be liable your house your car so if you you think that the the job that you do carries a high amount of risk we would always recommend a limited company structure so in the event that anything does go wrong you are legally separated from your limited company in the event of any lawsuit however if perhaps you are considering operating as just yourself turning over just enough money for your own salary, and if, for example, you offer a service-based business like web design, then a sole trader may be a really good option for you. If you're just looking to pay enough into your business, turn over enough money from from sales to support your own salary, not looking to take on any staff, not looking to earn in excess of 50, 60, 70,000 pounds a year, then it's probably going to be tax efficient simple and easy solution for you this kind of leads on to another point that it not just depends on what you're looking to do it also depends on how much you're you're looking to earn so if as a sole trader you anticipate selling a high-end product or high-end services where you think you might earn a considerable amount of money it is often more tax efficient to operate as a limited company so there are a lot of variables and a lot of things you need to consider when deciding the correct structure but hopefully this gives you a good outline of the things to consider with this again similarly to the spreadsheets we were talking earlier we are going to publish a small information pack on our website on this topic in a little bit more detail so we definitely recommend you head over check that out download it read it and see if it helps you consider where things need to be obviously if you did enroll in our mentoring program we would certainly help you decide whether you are a on the correct structure or if you haven't started your business yet we would help you decide what structure that would be and get that set up and registered for you like i say this is something that we are asked an awful lot so hopefully this gives you a little bit more information on this we totally understand that it can be daunting starting your own business and there's a lot of information available online And so it can be confusing. I'm going to leave it there for now, but I hope you found the episode helpful and informative as always, please follow our social media platforms and our podcast. So you don't miss our tips hints, and episodes. And as I said, please head over to our website and download our free open source material as discussed in this episode over the next couple of weeks. We will have more great topics and hints, as well as a special guest coming on the podcast to talk to you about their story as a business owner, the challenges they faced and what their biggest takeaway would be if they had to do it all over again. If you think our program would help you, we would love to talk to you more and encourage you to fill out our application form, which can be found on our website. For now though, I'll sign off and remember, this is where your journey begins.